Oh, I was hoping he was gonna do that. Hello, hello, and welcome to Chicken Space again, episode 16. I just collected all the eggs this afternoon and some chicken just laid another one on the ground. How could you do that? Uh, today, we will like uh, take a check in on the chickens and the 800 baby chicks and uh, a little bit of reflection back on uh, last week's podcast on uh, life in Nome, Alaska, hunting, gathering, culture, the connection to agriculture. Uh, and then move into a topic that's quite different. I told you I actually bought something called XRP, a digital asset, and uh, what that means to have that as a spiritual journey. I've actually gotten pretty captivated by that whole thing and looking into it. And uh, the person who introduced to me to it, my friend Don, said, you know, I want you to talk to uh, my friend Fletcher about this. He has some questions, and I think we'd have a nice lunch together. And so we did that, and I turned on... Uh, the podcast recorder and they agreed that that would be okay to share that and um, so that's a part of this uh, coming podcast so uh, again welcome to chicken space episode 16 you want more information about chickens you can go to manyspokes.com more information about the healing work i do that's at icemethod.com and let's get right into it here we go i am a pilgrim i am a stranger All right, like I said, I just collected the eggs this afternoon and I've actually been wanting to do this uh, before because always usually I, I make these podcasts in the morning and you'll notice, if you remember, there's a completely different sound in the egg-laying house, this portable uh, place where they sleep, uh, they, they get uh, protection from the sun and the rain and then there's these uh, boxes, roll-away nest boxes where they lay their eggs and uh, the eggs get collected there, and then I get to come and pick them up in the afternoon. So uh, the sound now, just notice it, like there's the sound. I'll be quiet. Oh, aren't you gonna do it? There's the sound of one of these uh, roost, or chickens that's snoring. A few of them have their eyes closed. They've eaten enough for the day. It's just so calm and so peaceful. In the morning when I bring the food, they all rush over like, oh, you haven't fed me for a month, feed me now. And you got to toss the food in and they're scrambling and everything. And now they're just out here in the, in the yard, just gently pecking through the ground because that's what they do in all their waking hours. They just walk around, they peck at things and taste them. And, and then they poop a lot. And then they go sit in the shade and take a nap. And that chicken life isn't bad, you know? All you got to do is lay an egg every day, huh? So um, anyway, that's life here with the happy hands. Uh, down below at the place we were before at Rob's place, we have the old houses and I converted them uh, for the baby chicks. And oh my gosh, is it just a pleasure to have those baby chicks this time. We got them while the weather was still warm. Um, if you remember last February, when I got baby chicks, they were, um, I just had so much mortality from the cold, from crowding, from my stupidity, um, just rough. Most of your chickens, your baby chicks, are supposed to turn into chickens and lay eggs in well over half, like th two, three quarters pretty much, probably I lost for a variety of reasons. And it's like, wow, what am I doing being a chicken farmer? This time, 800 chickens, um, six of them died in transit. I told you they come in the US Postal Service and uh, so, you know, that's a pretty small number actually to, to lose, um, getting shipped from Ohio in the mail. And since then, probably lost uh, less than 15 total. Just the occasional odd one here and there. And that could just be because, you know, like something wasn't quite right with them, but uh, the conditions, the warmth in the day, the heating boxes, the space they have, the food they're getting. Oh my gosh, it is. It's just a blessing every time I walk in there and see those little guys. They're probably quadruple or five times the size that they were uh, when we got them on August 27th. So they're not even a month old yet. Um, five more months to go and we should be getting some eggs starting early next spring. And we got to find out a place for people who want those eggs. Uh, the life of a chicken farmer. And last week, Notes for Another Planet took on uh, Remembering Life in Nome. What a great, um, uh, that was just such a joy to spend that time remembering that and sharing that, the things that seemed important. 
on that critical thing of, gosh, 10,000 years ago, 12,000 years ago, every human being on earth and the entire history of humans on earth was hunting, gathering, and the entire history of every living thing on this planet was hunting, gathering, that the food we ate was created directly in nature and we hunted it or we gathered it, all animals. And then 12,000 years ago, um, in certain areas of the world, South America, Middle East, we began the transition to growing, collecting, harvesting, storing food, becoming agricultural people. Um, and that chance to get to live in Nome, Alaska, right there at that intersection between the old hunting-gathering way and this agricultural way taking it over. Um, if you didn't get a chance to listen to, you, to it and you want to go back, um, pivotal, pivotal experience in my life. And uh, I could easily just start uh, reflecting right now again. Um, such a foundational piece of who we are. Uh, but uh, at lunch today, uh, usually I don't even have any lunch, just a snack or something up here with the chickens and go home and have a big dinner because I have a big breakfast with lots of eggs every day. I wonder why that is. Every day since we've had chickens laying eggs, I've had eggs except for one when I got behind and had to rush out of the house. Um, still like those eggs. But anyway, today I got to go out lunch with friends. Uh, my friend Don, who is uh, the one who introduced me to this spiritual journey of, of being a buyer of the digital asset XRP, um, has been in communication with another mutual friend and said, thought we would have, hey Eddie, hey Eddie the cat, thought we'd have a good lunch together. Um, Fletcher had some questions and uh, they both agreed that it would be okay to make a podcast about it. And um, as I said, this is a... Uh, I mean, my life is a spiritual journey, talking about like, oh, it's like taking notes for another planet and, and taking notes on what's happening and describing it. And my friend Fletcher, he loves to think about things too. And so I was expecting it would be a great conversation. Fletcher is also a person who, um, who makes investments, uh, mostly in the stock market. And so he's interested in that whole part of life. As I've told you before, I've only made ever two investments in my life, XRP and, uh, and chickens. Um, XRP being uh, very out of character, chickens being very out of character. So there we were having the lunch and I guess the preface to it is uh, since doing that um, as a note taker, I've become very, very, very interested in um, this purchase that I made. Not just about like whether or not it makes me money, but like, oh my gosh, what is up? with the changes um, going on in our world, with how our economy works, how businesses work, how governments work. Um, all that stuff is wrapped up in this, and it's so much more than I thought um, when, when like, oh, it just seemed like this is something that's happening, and either I can have my money sitting in the bank at no interest, or I can have it sitting here, because it seems like this is gonna be a positive thing. So something that was really that simple turned into, has turned into something that um, I've, I've been studying. And uh, as a feeder of chickens, to caretaker of chickens, I have plenty of time um, to just put on a, a, a podcast or a video or something like that and listen while I'm taking care of these chickens. So with that, I'm gonna shift and uh, replay the lunch we had and then I'll come back after that and uh, wish you a good morning or a good night or whatever is next for your day and that'll be this podcast. All right, I'm super glad that some of you are letting me know uh, that, that you're hearing these and giving me your comments and your thoughts and I sure appreciate it. It's wonderful. Like here I can be with 640 laying hens and be having a conversation with you. What a gift. All right, on to lunch then. Thanks. All right, so here we go. I will I'll let, uh, introduce you later on a little thing and stuff, but we can just start visiting cool. about XRP. And it's so crazy. Here I'm sitting with Don, who's a painter who introduced the chicken farmer to this thing. And I'm sitting with you, Fletcher, and we... Gosh, our kids grew up together, we work together, 
We've been in the community garden at separate different times, and we're talking about kale. But now we're going to talk about XRP. Yeah. Yes. So, so what would be interesting to you know to know about that? Well, my first question is purely, I mean, it has nothing to do with the utility of it or anything, but I just want to know, like, because you got introduced to this recently, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like 100% absolute, where are you on your level of certainty about this happening and it actually transforming our, our world currency? So I've never made an investment other than chickens until this. <laughs> so I don't even really consider this an investment. Like there's times, like I'm doing a podcast now, Notes for Another Planet, and this may be part of it. Um, but there's times when I feel like I see something, like with memory reconsolidation, and that's changed my life. And this is one of those. Like uh, the, the painter, Don, what has been telling me about digital... I'm more Bitcoin. than a painter. I'm more than a painter. <laughs> about Bitcoin and different things like that for probably a couple of years. Yeah. And I have had zero... I mean, I've been interested in it, but zero interest in putting money into it. Yeah. And then uh, Don told me about XRP. And it was like, oh my gosh, I saw it. And then... Um, so I don't really consider it an investment. Actually, what happened is we sold our house this spring, bought my tractor, that money is for developing the chicken farm. It was sitting in a 0% uh, checking account. And uh, after, after I saw this, I talked with Ann and it's like, you know, it could either sit there or it could sit here. And it seemed, it seemed like it just totally made sense to put it here. Mm -hmm. So I actually think based on and then I said to Don, I'm going to put it there. You just tell me someday if it goes up. I don't want to listen, you know, see anything. And I, I've, become, I've become super interested in this because I do. Your question, is it going to change the world? I think, actually, the world is like right on the cusp in the next couple of years of major transition in many, many ways. And like incredibly, I think this is going to be a part of it. Yeah. So, so I mean... I'm always fascinated about people and how they compile new beliefs or and collapse old belief systems. And I know that one of the main ways we do that is by gathering evidence. Mm -hmm. So, what were some of the key pieces of evidence that kind of tipped the scale for you? Like, I should okay. take action. All right. So you already know some things about XRP. Yeah. And you actually, unlike me, you do make investments. Yeah. That's kind of like important to you to do that or a piece of your life is yeah. to do that right right okay. so i guess my question back to you would be you know some things about it and you you have some xrp mm -hmm. and the painter who's more than a painter says you should be putting more in right because don's completely in on this right yeah so what you know some things about it what is it um that you don't know or that you want to know so that you can make that decision to move further into it or sell it and get out of it or just sit where you are yeah it's the so i have a, a belief system also that says i can't know enough to make that investment like you can never know enough you mean or just this around point, this one yeah at this point there's not enough evidence to uh, say you should invest go all in or go 50 percent in so I think it's a reasonable risk to take, which is why I've invested what I've invested. Um, if I was 100% certain or had a much higher level of certainty, uh, I'd probably take some of my money that's on the sidelines and invest that as well. So, uh, but for me, I just haven't seen enough evidence to like, tip my scales. So what evidence got you to this point of interest in it or investment yeah i mean just knowing that uh currency always goes transfer of currency always goes to the simplest form possible uh -huh. and also that every currency in every country always has a ending point and a rebirth and a, and a birthing point mm -hmm. and it's it's clear to me that our currency as we know it and the world knows it 
is on the brink of extinction. I mean, other countries have already pulled out of the U.S. dollar. They're, they're going around it. Um, so all those telltale signs, there's lots of telltale signs that this currency is about to change and, and change radically. Mm-hmm. Um, to XRP, it, there's a lot of directions and or, uh, arrows that point that direction. And there's not enough yet for me to say, this is going to be the one, this is going to be the replacement. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so what would you need to know to think that might be the replacement rather than something else? Yeah, so I, I would need like to hear from people who actually uh, make the rules to this game, like the um, like the Federal Reserve, like the, all these different world banks, like something definitive instead of just like hinting at, at at things, and then and then in the next article contradicting what they just hinted at. Mm. Um, so, is there a definitive plan that that they can point to that says, "Hey, look, this is where things are going." Um, so yeah. So at some point it'll be like, oh, this is what happened, and here we are now. And it seems like right now there are thing, many things that point in that direction. Um, but that is one of the things that people are waiting on is what's called regulatory clarity. Right? So um, Christine Lagarde, who is the, do you know that she's the yeah. president of the IMF, right, yeah. the International Monetary Fund? She's moving over to the European Central Bank at the end of October. Has I didn't know that. Has in public she's many times spoken about the need, the benefits of digital currency. Mm-hmm. So uh, she has spoken about that. Um, though the central banks of the world met in Jackson Hall um, a month ago or so. You know about that? And uh, I didn't know that they met So they all met. I didn't know. See, I didn't used to be interested in this stuff. Like, they don't produce eggs. I wasn't interested. But now I'm interested. Um, so they met Jackson Hall and uh, the leader of all of those world central banks or national central banks. The international leader is Mark Carney, who is also the leader of the Central Bank of England. And he... On, uh, on television, uh, you can go back and see the interviews, he said, we need to uh, consider replacing the US dollar as the primary unit of exchange with a digital currency, something like a Facebook Libra or something like that. So there was no pushback from anyone in the United States about like, oh, you yeah. can't do that to our that US dollar. That is a great point too. Nobody said anything. So that's out there. Mm -hmm. The Central Bank of England is a paying customer of Ripple, which is the company that uses the digital coin XRP. And they have been for a number of years. So it is possible that some other coin could be used in this future, but it's not going to be Bitcoin. They can process something like 12 transactions per second. Yeah. And XRP can process currently 15,000 per second. And it's scalable to a greater degree than that. Um, Bitcoin takes like a dozen minutes or something at its best to transact. And um, XRP does it in like three seconds. These are orders of magnitude better. Yeah. And um, the cost, instead of dollars for a transaction, is under a penny. So efficiency-wise, it's an incredibly, I mean, that was what interested me when I, when I, it's like, oh my gosh, you mean there's something that's that much better? And you mean they already have contracts and are working with hundreds of banks? And I didn't even really know about uh, the Federal Reserve and things like that, but found that out afterwards. It's like, oh my God. And then on the day that Don was talking to me, Amazon said, we're partnering with Ripple too. And I don't know enough to make these kinds of decisions, but I figured Amazon has people that do their due diligence. And if they did their due diligence, then um, it was good enough for me. Mm -hmm. And all these other people that that have people that do due diligence. So um, I bought at that time within the next week because I thought 
concussion is just going to go up really, really quick with all these people that are coming onto it. Um, having listened, it appears that that's still being put together. And so that window of getting in, um, right now it's about 30 cents, is still open. Right. But at some point, so it, you think, well, they could just do this inside of the banks and they didn't need a public currency? Um, that's on, you know, publicly available, why would they let just anybody buy it? Right. Good question. So it's on blockchain, a different blockchain than Bitcoin. One of the things that I was completely uninterested in Bitcoin is they, they use more energy than the country of Scotland to process their transfers. And XRP is as efficient as email. So it, it uses very little energy. Mm-hmm. Um, v of A is partnering with... Uh, Ripple, Bank of America. So all of these starting the proceeds today. Oh wow! So all of these institutions. So why is it public? Well, it's on a blockchain, and they are traded on exchanges. Mm-hmm. And so these banks will. The, so the way it's going to work, right now, um, like another another reason, like you were saying that uh, fiat currencies like dollars are kind of on their last legs. When we transfer money from this country to another country, um, we actually have to set aside money in a bank in another country. And and then the exchange happens. It takes three to five days. It costs a number of percent to make it. And there's a 6% error rate. Somebody has to get on the phone and correct what happened. You actually, if you want to send uh, $10,000 to Singapore, the bank will send it. But Singapore doesn't know it's coming until it arrives. The system now that's coming will know everything in advance of it happening. The address that it's, it's going synchronicity. to. Yeah, synchronicity. The address it's going to, the, the amount, everything. And then three seconds later, it'll be there. Right now, people have to sit there with these currency uh, valuations changing. And this is all based on trust. In 2008, when the economy crashed, mm-hmm. it was around this issue. Like there's $21 trillion sitting around the world just to make these transfers. Well, if you're one bank, you have to trust me with that money for two to four days in advance. So banks got scared. They stopped doing that. They stopped being able to make these transfers. And then it, it went from there. And the federal government had to intervene. Yesterday and two days ago, the federal government, for the first time since 2008, put in uh, over a hundred billion dollars to prop up one day, um, one day loans. Three times they just did it again today. Oh, okay. It's it's for the uh, repo market. These are one day loans for the banks. Right, overnight. <laughs> they're overnight. overnight loans. Three of them yeah. has been made. They just did another one today. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So XRP is created to make these transfers very efficient but also to be that liquidity. So right now the liquidity is in like JP Morgan putting money over in Barclays to make that happen. Well, that hap- works as long as there's enough trust. But when the banks get really stressed, if something happens and they don't trust and pull it back and Chase Bank pulled, these are called correspondent banks that correspond with one another and Chase Bank stopped being a correspondent with Canada really? last year. Just so they, they quit. Wrote off, too wrote off all their debt. Anybody who had a card, they just wrote it off and walked away. It was cheaper for them it was to cheap. stop that process. So, like you say, something is going to replace it. Mm-hmm. So, um, go ahead. When no. you get a chance, if you want to speak to Bridge Assets and what, what Bridge Assets so that's encompasses actually, right. and and how a big an because it's not fiat to fiat, it's uh, oil to gold, oil to fiat, oil to real estate, oil to businesses. It is it is a ripple will be a bridge asset for all value, especially when synchronicity happens. So I can bridge. You want to trade me your car for. Uh, uh, let's say uh, some silver, Ripple will bridge that transaction. So in the case of the banks, like that's a, that's a, the, 
bank makes it an easy example to see. Yeah. And then all these things Don is talking about this are is things down the that road, over the years will probably happen. So right now, if you want to change dollars to rupees in India, yeah, it's a complicated process. It takes three to five days, all that stuff I just said. So it'll be replaced by, in these over 200 banks that have agreed to do this, by your dollars being converted for about three seconds into XRP. And then it goes over and where it comes out, XRP gets turned into rupees. And this all happens in three seconds. So even though like digital coins are very volatile, for three seconds, they don't change very much. But you now don't have to have millions of dollars sitting over in the Bank of England. That was the Nostro Vostros that I was telling you about. Yeah. And those escrow accounts that need to be set aside and 4X being out of England, that's how they made all their money. Um, all of that money will be in those escrows will eventually be released and be into the ecos the economic ecosystem. Now, the one thing that trips me up here in, in really getting my head around this is we we're still talking about trading fiat. So there is XRP, but now comes the important thing, the cheeseburgers and the BLTs. Thank you. Thanks. Big blue. All right, I'm happy. Ketchup, mustard. There we go. Thank you, Thank you very much. Of course. Okay, so one of the things that trips you up is is that we're still talking about trading dollars into rupees. So that's correct. XRP is, I mean, because a lot of the discussion around XRP and is like it replacing the fiat currency. We're talking about we still got fiat currency in our pockets as the main way we're. So, the, that's a good question. And that will be the that will be the end result. When I talk about that, I talk about end results like synchronicity, a bridge asset for all. I, I a lot of times, and I think I have overwhelmed you with what's going to happen in five to ten years. Meaning, what's happening right now? Uh, the fiat currency will be used only because uh, there's people without phones, computers, electronics people without names, people without social security numbers that still need to transact value. So it's not going to go away, but eventually it will go away. They just have to figure out a efficient way for everyone to be on the blockchain. So the XRP is like between the dollars and the rupees. Mm -hmm. That's because we have dollars and rupees. If we had um, if we had Bitcoin on one side and gold on the other, or you could, what what XRP, it's called the interledger protocol, it's, it's the way that these things get shifted, you put something in the middle. So it's difficult right now to change dollars to rupees. So this is a simplification of that. It would also be difficult, you'd have to find a way to exchange a Bitcoin for a piece of gold, right? There's got to be a way to make that transfer. So the vision is that Bitcoin turns into XRP. If Bitcoin has a certain value of XRP yeah. for three seconds, and then gold has a certain value of XRP. And so three seconds later, it comes out as gold. And instead of having to have like a gold board, and a Bitcoin, you know, whatever it is to do these transactions, like when I want to sell eggs, it's a complicated thing, right? But valued in XRP, Three seconds later, it can come out another thing if that thing can be valued in XRP. Currently, we're using dollars and rupees. Whatever we're using in the future, um, it can be it can be transferred through here. So, they Ripple, which is the company, doesn't actually own well. It owns a lot of XRP, but um, it's separate from the coin. They also invented what's called the interledger protocol, which allows things on a ledger, like dollars, like gold, like Bitcoin, anything that you can put on there, any coin, can be transferred through there. So um, eventually it could be cars, real estate, stocks are going to come on it. Um, right. So so it's it's just... Internet, it's called Internet of Value. It's the most efficient All things way. will be, all value will be put onto the blockchain. All value, all things will be tokenized. 
and it will give a number. Ripple will be the bridge between all of it eventually down the road. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, like Don's saying, it's it's the most efficient way known at this point to transfer value. And since it does it in three seconds, once it's established, if somebody could do it in two seconds, I don't know that you would go back and redo all of your systems to gain one second. Also, the trans transaction cost is like a hundredth or a thousandth of a penny. I don't know that if you could cut that in half, somebody would come and say, oh, let's replace it because we can do it in you know, 0.0005 seconds or cents instead. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, it's very difficult to change anything that's established. That's what we're all up against if we want to make a change. So here's something that seems to me like it's efficient enough. And once it's established, there's a huge value in it being established. Um, people stick with inefficient things just because they're established. Here's a super efficient thing. How much, I just don't see it being um, overtaken by the next great efficiency. Mm -hmm. um, a reason that I didn't know at the time, like I told you, Amazon said they were going on, that was good enough for me. But a reason that I, I feel even more confident about this now, but not actually really good <laughs> about it, is that um, these, these 200 banks, these financial institutions, these insurance institutions, they are all crazy interconnected. Board members, Ripple board members are over in, in businesses. Government members have kind of gone into Ripple. It's, it's an incredibly interwoven um, system. And it seems highly probable to me that this is highly organized and highly orchestrated by um, the traditional institutional powers, the both real government people. and business. I don't really like that a bit, but in terms of um, will this project fly, uh, I don't think you get that much firepower behind something. There's no other coin that has anything like that. I don't think. I don't think you. You get that kind of institutional, governmental, and business firepower behind something, and it not works. It's actually a good BLT. Cool. I actually am really enjoying it. Cool. Thank you very much. So that that's another something I found out after I saw this thing coming. It's like, wow, that's pretty crazy. A major. I mean, I I really don't like if this is the way our society works, but. Vanguard, $5.3 trillion in assets. If you look at the banks that, that um, Ripple has signed up, the financial institutions, um, uh, media, different things, Vanguard is actually a, not a majority shareholder, but a primary. They have the most shares of anybody compared to anybody else in many of these companies. So um, it seems seems highly orchestrated um, and, and so yeah I think <clears throat> I think I don't think it's gonna not happen because of that yeah it's not the government it's the people that control the government are in charge of what's happening with ripple it's kind of way past you know, all the all the talk you see on the mainstream media is speculation and like it's they're guessing. And most of the time they're wrong because on the backside everybody knows exactly what's happening, when the switch is gonna be, where the price is gonna need to be, everybody knows what's happening, when it's gonna happen and how it's gonna be and where they need the price. Can you speak to uh, price adjustments and the latter effect? of XRP oh. and the value? Yeah, but one of the speculations about this coin, because there is so much, I've listened to a lot of these people who are digging into this stuff. There's a lot of records of governmental meetings that Ripple was attending. Ripple has been in the White House a number of times. Ripple has been in front of the SEC. They've been in these meetings and there's records of them being there. Mm -hmm. 
one of the speculations is that, like you're talking about the collapse of fiat and stuff, right? Banks collapsing. Mm -hmm. The trillions of dollars of debt internationally. The U.S. is not the biggest <clears throat> percentage debting nation, but it's enormous, right? Well, if, if Ripple goes from its current state of 30 cents, and it used to be a penny or less, right? If banks and world banks and federal reserves hold lots of this, if the value goes from 30 cents to $1,000, well, then... Um, then a lot, of those, <clears throat> a lot of those debts can be absorbed because these coins that will be in the possession of all of these banks at a very low price will now have a very, very high price. How is price going to be determined? Like Bitcoin is all speculative. Like gold is all speculative. Gold doesn't really have a use, right? It's just like, oh, we, we think it's worth this much because other... And that has zero interest for me. I just don't like that life. The reason this was interesting to me is actually speculation has nothing to do with it. It will, at this point, if you buy it now, it's completely speculative, right? Yeah. But the, the uh, ultimate value of this is based on its utility. It's based on how much money at this point, or gold or whatever, is going to be passing through XRP. Well, it has to carry that value for three seconds. Nice. And so it That's has perfect. to be that. Right now, the market cap of this whole thing is like $13 billion. Those, the amount of money that the banks have spread around the world just to transfer currency from one is $21 trillion. They've got sitting there. If XRP becomes the coin to do this instead of in three days to do it in three seconds, mm -hmm. it's going to have to carry that kind of value back and forth. And for three seconds, whatever's going through there, it has to be of that value to carry right. that. So, this is, I'm going to take it us on a tangent just momentarily because it illustrates what we're talking about very well. I recently was talking to our girls about sports because it just dawned on me, because I had a long chain of thought, but it dawned on me, you can sum up every single sporting event in one sentence. It is moving X from point A to point B, period. That's every sporting event, uh -huh. including solo sporting events where if I'm a runner, I must move X, which is me, from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Then it occurred to me, that is the game we're playing every second of our life. You're about to take a drink. You're going to move X from A to B. Right. Once it's in your mouth, it'll go for another. It's another game of like moving it from the mouth to. <laughs> I mean, it's just we are playing this game constantly. Mm -hmm. So, when if I had a, a large deposit of money, say we've got a million dollars, that I needed to move from our table over to that table. The, the delivery person who may have a net worth of, you know, $5,000, as soon as he picks up that bag, he now is worth a million dollars. I mean, he just has to, that is his worth mm -hmm. because he's, what's, what's transferring through him, which is essentially kind of what you're saying. Exactly. No, I got it. Get another ketchup. Right. It's a good example. Yeah. Yeah, I like so that. So something that this is one way they describe it, it's a bridge asset. So that person who's carrying it to the next table is the bridge. Mm -hmm. It's a bridge asset. And it has to has to carry the value of whatever it's bridging. It has to be worth it has to be worth the value that it's carrying. Yeah, it will it be it then becomes worth that value. Right. It has to already be worth that. You can't, it's it's exchanging one value for another value. So it actually has to be worth this one right. and transfer that value. So if you've got, if, if you've got a hundred billion coins and you're transferring five trillion dollars worth in a day, 
when they're, when they're doing this, it's thousands of seconds trades. You've got that that XRP or that value carried has to be worth 10 million, 10 or 7 trillion. There's only a hundred billion. So you have to do the multiplication of what that. Right. So if, if Swift, which is the system that he's talking about that does this bridge now, which is the main bridge, which is going to probably partner, they're very close to partnering with Ripple right now. When it takes over this bridge of currencies around the world, just currencies, just currencies, or fiat currencies, <coughs> the number that most everybody not has come up with was five eighty nine, five hundred eighty nine dollars per XRP in order to just handle the Swift system and what the Swift system is doing. That's not that's not MoneyGram, Western Union, and all businesses that need to that's got you know uh, 25 million in oil that's transferring funds to somebody else some other company I mean it's right. it's mind-boggling what the ripple net or ledger will eventually do mm -hmm. well that sheds light on <clears throat> My question is about Bitcoin too. In the past, all like, how are these effing valuations determined? And really, this is this is this answers it. There is no evaluation. I mean, I mean, yes, as a as a as a responsible inve investor, there is a valuation. And and you know, yeah, I guess to be responsible about it, if you're speculative, which it is now, yeah, but it's more of a a mathematical equation of how the system works through utility. And that's what most investors on Wall Street cannot get their head around, is the utility part of it. it it's a, it's, we laugh about it all the time going, what the fuck? Like, you know, we're just like, I, and they're just stuck on evaluations. What's that company worth? How many shares? distributed how many own how big of you. you know and they're just like they can't understand the utility part of it that's yeah. the most important piece of that is the utility use yeah well yeah it's actually sheds a lot of light as to why I'm, I mean because I, I have my mind mostly in, in the stock market so those seem those valuations seem way more random because it doesn't necessarily oh. seem like they are based on utility. Um, so when we use the example of like that bridge has to be worth the amount that it's transferring, that makes a lot of sense. You're and and most evaluations on Wall Street are bullshit. They're so they're all bullshit because they they're buying. I mean, the company. Well, we know the or stock the government owns the stock. Well, we know the stock prices reflect, you know, um, their well, what they think the company would be worth at ten times uh, its earnings. I mean, the, or, that, those are the or they the, count the shares. They 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 add up what the company is worth, like all the pencils and papers, and then how many shares are distributed, and then they multi or multi they do their their math on it. Yeah, utility is the key. So yeah, if if you're a bank and you're going to transfer, you know, let's say $10,000 over to Donald, the way it happens in digital currency with XRP is you're going to have to go through an exchange and you're going to have to buy these $10,000 worth of XRP and send it over to that bank. So <clears throat> right now, like I said, the market cap is like $13 billion. And on that exchange, a certain amount is available. The amount I bought is not available because I'm not going to sell it, right? So of the stuff that's available, you're going to have to buy $10,000 worth. That's a small amount, so that's pretty doable. But if a bank wanted to send $10 million between an American company and a Chinese company, well, that's going to that's gonna impact the price of that market because all of a sudden you need $10 million. Well, if it's, if it's not there... 
then the value of XRP has well, to go up at that point. And how does it do that? Can you explain that part? Well, or it's you just want me not to? available. Well, at, like you buy all this stuff at the cheaper amount, and so now it's not available. So when it goes up, now it's like, oh, oh, I'd sell it at that price. Right. Then it just comes supply the, and demand. Right. The bots, the bots go in, buy up the exchange, what's on the books, and the price rises in order to make that. Now, now, eventually you're going to get to, yeah, but it freaking crashes. It's volatile. I'm going to buy it at this and, you know, I'm going to, I'm in my, 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 the amount of is $100 and it's going to crash to 50 bucks. Probably at first it will be until it finds its equilibrium as these corridors are opened up for this transfer or bridging. Yeah. <clears throat> but here's the thing. <clears throat> Once those switches are, it can't come back down. Yeah. That's, the, it, that's the, that's the, that's at the, that, the point it's game on. At that point it's it. game on. Like you we're using this now. Yeah. Right, right now, I can see like, yeah, it's completely speculative. Well, only... Only I want to push back a little bit. Only because they have not opened the corridors for for whatever reason. There's and there's not 200 banks. There's actually 500 now. Mm-hmm. India, Japan, and uh, South America and Me- Mexico are now. But once and we don't know why they haven't flipped the switch. It's a running joke. Flip the switch. Flip the switch. There there's something regulations or they haven't set up. Uh, money gram to get around regulations yet, but there's something going on that they haven't. But when they do, when they do, what will happen is it, it will be instantaneous a buy up of the books on three or four exchanges that are or partnered with Ripple, <clears throat> and then they'll off the other ones will be offset and find equilibrium. But it will be it will go fast and hard and it will because they need to get it up to a certain price in order for what systems or corridors they have set up nobody they're speculating that it's it could be five ten dollars the first jump up for the corridors for the first one and then well i get it i get it now yeah i mean as soon as they as soon as they flip the switch it would have to massively increase the valuation. And, and there's bots. There's bots on the exchanges that are automatically buying up the ledgers yeah. or the, uh, the, the books yeah. to a certain price until they've done enough. And then they get the price up here. And then they will set up buy and sell walls on both sides to hold that price there for those bridging things. Yeah. And then eventually you'll have another ladder move and then another ladder move. And that's why it's kind of like, I mean, I, I just, I have heart attacks thinking about how this thing works and the way it works and not how, I hate using the word guaranteed, but fuck. I mean, this this thing is, they're locked and loaded. Everything's set and in place. They're, I don't know what they're waiting for. And that's why I keep, personally, that's why I keep coming out and saying, God damn, here we go. And so, so, how does, so my next question then is, uh, how's that burger? Good burger. Like your BLT. It's really good. I've been actually wanting one for a while, so I was like, serendipitous. <laughs> um, what? So here's the deal, though, because <clears throat> Don talks a lot about this, and I, I still don't really see how this happens. I don't get how it gets, I don't get how it's a reset for debt. Oh. Like, all right, well, if we put everything into XRP, we still have, we still owe China this much. They still owe us this much. How does that solve the thing? You want to take that? So that is a speculation that it's that. Yeah. And um, so, so it's not known outside of circles that know whether or not that's the case. But the way it could work is that 100 billion XRP were created. So just like the U.S. has trillions of dollars, the difference is if the U.S. wants more dollars, we print more dollars. Right. So there is a fixed number, 100 billion XRP. A certain amount of those, like half, um, were released for sale. The other half are in this thing called an escrow account where they get released at 1 billion XRP per month over the next years. Where those go, 
is likely to partners, banks, financial institutions, places like that. Which Federal have stipulations, reserves. stipulations and contracts of what they can and can't do with it. So, <clears throat> if, like I said, all these organizations and governmental things, when they start to look into it, they listen to that, they're very, very interconnected. Both the businesses, the banking side, and the government side. The Federal Reserve, the, <clears throat> the Central Bank of Europe, the International Monetary Fund, they're at the same meetings, so that's, that's known. So, what What's possible is that they could be funding or putting XRP into these places at these very low prices of like 30 central cents. central banks, world banks, central banks will be that where they're saying it's going to go is it's going to seed the ecosystem, the central banks, the world banks, um, and that's where most all of it will go to because Ripple does not want more than fifty one percent control over it. They don't. They could care less. Where they'll make their money is when the value goes up. That's where all the money and and their uh, their program that they sell to different institutions. And so that distribution at this low price level, if it's, I think it's probably a lot like you. Let's say you had a big debt. Right. 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 You had ten thousand dollars to buy coins, and if they increase in value, like like may happen if it actually gains this utility, you can now easily pay off that debt and have extra massage. Do you, do you see do you understand that? So so when they reset, when they when they bring raise this price up through yeah. utility, it's freaking master. I mean it's so smart. When this price comes up, let me try it a different way. Let's say Bitcoin. Or let's say gold. Let's say gold. Let's say all of a sudden 10 million people want to buy gold. They all sell their house. Okay. Now the value of that house is goes into gold. Mm -hmm. So the price rises. So all of that value is added into gold, right? So let's say that it's distributed throughout the world and the escrow is emptied. And now we have it all work in the ecosystem set. And because of the utility and this, it's so mad. Every time I think about it, I just like get chills because it's so brilliant. So the price goes up, right? <clears throat> Well, all of these countries and central banks have now got not a freaking 25 cent XRP. They've got, let's say, a $1,500 XRP. They can pay their debt off. They're talking, yeah, so they're, so, they're talking so a, lot more, a lot more money. So than basically, that. The, what you're saying is <clears throat> the US would get a tremendous amount of this XRP. Going up in value tremendously, suddenly their debt looks like, oh, if we can handle that. But, well, what they're doing, Ripple Company is giving it out. Yeah. Through our go government, not our government. The Ripple, like, well, I mean, here's, we have to buy it, though. here's, here, let me give you, uh, um, this is a theory. So, what they think is happening right now <clears throat> is Trump is involved with Ripple right now and dealing with China and our debt. They're saying, write this freaking debt off and we'll give you uh, 30 billion or 10 billion XRP. Reset the price, it goes up, our debt's paid off. That's one of the theories. And they can do that worldwide. It's called an economic reset. That's what people think is gonna happen. That the banks are gonna close for a weekend, maybe four days, you can't get anything, and then they open up and everything has been paid off. It's a it's a reset, and the debt is off the books. That's so all of that is speculation. Yes, yeah, for sure. I'm just giving but them an idea. Of, right, of but value. one of the reasons that the 2008 crisis came to a head was they didn't have liquidity. So XRP solves that problem. Because now instead of one country being able to become illiquid like Greece did and stuff like that, you now have XRP as that bridge asset between all of them. So that exists. Ripple, I think, was founded in like 2011. Like I say, it's so interconnected with the corporations and the government. It's possible, speculatively, that this was conceived 
as a solution right. to the issues that we've been coming to in this system. Again, it's speculation, but that's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not why I invested, but um, like I said, I wasn't expecting to become interested in this, but I've always been interested in like, how does the world work, the economy, yeah. businesses, those kinds of things. Yeah. I've never been tempted to buy stocks. I've never been interesting to me, but it's like, oh my gosh, I see that it's not for sure. But to me, it seems far more than likely um, that, that this uh, is, well, it's, it's in play. It's not just far more than likely. Right. Like MoneyGram right. is now doing this. MoneyGram yeah. is sending money between the United States and Mexico for a couple of bucks, yeah. as opposed to like Western Union using the old way, comparable trade would cost $50. This right. is like people, yeah. people sending to families back and forth. MoneyGram started this a few months ago. Their, their value of their company, their stock value, has quadrupled. Yeah, I saw that. The uh, the Philippines is a big big place for MoneyGram right now, um, and and if you if you want you can go to MoneyGram and Western Union. You could plug in Zimbabwe five thousand dollars, and you can find out how much it's going to cost you. Uh, you can do that now. Uh, one is fifty dollars, the other is two dollars. Right. So Western Union is in big trouble. Well, well that, that and they're working out. Answers my next question was like. Well, why would uh, MoneyGram want to, it seems like they'd be taking a massive hit financially going from $50 to $2. Like that's like, hey, you used to be able to charge 50 bucks for this, now we're only charging two bucks. So give? one piece of that is that, that a lot of that would have been their expenses because MoneyGram mm. has, to, has had to have millions and billions of that, dollars sitting around the world doing nothing. That's where Forex comes in. You, you ever think of how England makes all their money and is a world player? No. Forex markets. They're the ones that lend out or have those escrows set up for the nostril mastros. That's where a majority of their money so is made. So bank says, hey, I want to be able to send money to uh, France. They'll go to Great Britain, say, set these accounts up, broker this account for me, or... It'll usually, they're already set up, and they've been set up for 60, 70 years. This has been going on. So Forex is where where the bigger banks will go to, and then the bigger banks will sell to community uh, uh, credit unions and and uh, 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 Wal Walmarts and stuff like that. And it just goes down and gets more and more expensive. Yeah. And when you hear the world uh, level playing field, that's what they're talking about. This will just be a big old bomb. Now, eventually, I'll be honest, I think that all those prices will come back to haunt us. The fees, I think eventually they'll they'll take full advantage of that system. I think, I don't know. I don't understand if there's a control in the in the node system, in the Ripple system, that holds <clears throat> hold those and that they all have to agree in order to raise price, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, the one thing, I mean, their, their stock jumped, so there's massive value there. That's that's real money they can tap into, because... They were at $300 at one time. They're at five today. Right, but they just went up two. Right. Two something, right? Right. So they, I mean, now they, so they have that, um, yeah. Maybe. They make money elsewhere. They make, they, plus they were, they were almost ready to claim bankruptcy. And that's why Ripple went after them and not West, uh, Western Union. So they basically rescued them. But both of them, they'll make a lot of money together. In fact, what they're saying, another speculation, because that's all we can do with some of the stuff because they're so tight-lipped, is that Western Union, Western, or I mean, uh, uh, MoneyGram will be actually become the treasury, to where everything is the it's the hub for all stuff. Unless unless I don't know. So it's it's there's a I possibility. I gotta go ten chickens pretty soon. All right. What else do you need to know? Uh, I think yeah. I mean it's it's basically there's a, there's a whole game of speculation you can play, and then there's a whole game that's actually taking place. It goes along with that model I was talking about, moving X from A to B. If you just keep it at that, that's what's been created technologically. Yeah. 
it's what's been established both in business and in government. And um, it's what is just waiting to, um, to begin. And that's what we're always looking at. How can we move X to A to B faster, quicker, faster, yep. more yep. efficient? Yep, you got it. And that is, that's capitalism at its finest. And how do you have, how do you have the agreements so that we all agree that can happen? And those are in process of being uh, created. And maybe that's the whole thing. It's possible well, that it's that. I, I mean, again, that's speculation, but that's the stuff that's, if you just want to look at the basics of it, that's the stuff that's happening. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Instead of making stories, just look at what's happening and it's, it's enough to just make your head swim. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird to be, to, to, to even consider like there's this whole new order coming. Like, and yeah. why would I have any inkling? Why would I be in the right place at the right time to have invested, be having these conversations when 99.9% of people are not? So, so weird. So think of your cell phone, and it was the same exact way. Like when we were kids, who would have imagined that we could walk around with this thing and see this person and talk to them and they'd be in another country? Yeah. And a few people found out about that and they got to be the investors yeah. in the apples, the Microsoft, and people, yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah, Did that mean thing. it wasn't going to happen no. just because they didn't know about it? Yeah. No, that happened. So I think we'll close with, that's called the Internet of Information. And so the thing is we can send information now like so inexpensively. That would have been, it would have been impossible. Oh, and yeah. then it would have been millions of dollars to send right. a live video stream across the ocean to somebody, millions of dollars per call. Now it's taken for granted. Yeah. So what this is called is, well, the problem, Inter internet the problem is, why is it that we can do that with information? Why is it that Amazon can send stuff as easily as information and we can't send money? <laughs> it costs, you know, the, so this is like the CEO of Ripple, like when he gives his talks and like, it's fun to go listen to those guys for a while till you get their, their points, but maybe you've heard it. Like, what's what's the fastest way to get $10,000 from here to Singapore? Yeah, get on a plane. Get on a plane with $10,000. Why is that in this age yeah. that that problem hasn't been solved? Yeah. What's the only way you can transfer a nickel of value in this day and age? The only way to do it um, economically is to hand it to somebody. It's called fungibility. Why is it? that in this day where you can transfer information, make those video calls, you can't send, like PayPal charges you 35 cents plus a percentage for every transaction. You can't send less than 35 cents mm -hmm. without it costing you more money than you're sending. Yeah, and they can send money in values way under a penny, micropayments, oh. that's oh. another piece of their whole thing. But these are the problems that are being solved. It's called now the internet of value instead of the internet of information that was there. And so that's a, the problem that they're they're solving. And I think like if you say, oh, well, what's the future going to look like around money? Those are the problems they're going to solve, that are going to be solved. Yeah. yeah. What about like square cash? I mean, I can send Sophia $100 and she's got it in her account. What does it cost to do that? That's my question. It doesn't it's, cost it's, me anything. It doesn't cost her anything. Yeah. Does it cost me anything? I say I, I just I just do cryptocurrency in, in my <laughs> cash app. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I've ever sent, and they charge me for it. Right. And they charge me to buy Bitcoin, and they charge me to Are you sure. There's like no. There's zero. I mean, interesting. There's zero. I mean, you can sign up and you send five hundred dollars to Kai right now, and it doesn't cost you or him a dime. It might be through your banks. It might be through your bank when you transfer. Well, it goes through. I mean, yeah, they take it out of my account. So it's through a bank, especially if they're sending. If they're if and it goes eventually will go through Swift. If it's going, if they're turning it into uh, another uh, fiat currency, they well, maybe maybe all we need is Square. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that's not. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. that yeah. So these are these it's are costing like somebody something. So these are the problems that are out there to be solved. And um, there's hundreds or thousands of digital coins that have been now, now been created, but there's nobody, like Bitcoin is somewhat bigger, 10 times 
more value or something like that total. They don't have any institutional backing. Um, there's no other coin that has institutional and governmental uh, buy-in yeah. like this coin. So uh, I absolutely am not encouraging you to make any choice, but that's that's why I did it and became really interested in it because I'm like, wow, this is a fascinating time work. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Exciting. And I'm glad I had chickens. <laughs> Because <laughs> if all diversified, <laughs> XRP and poultry. My two investments ever in my whole life. <laughs> I smell a buck. And most of the time, I talk about chickens. Yeah, awesome. all right. Well, I got to go feed them. All right. All right, because we got lunch, but they didn't. <laughs> all right, thanks a bunch. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for joining in on Chicken Space today. Yeah, so that, that lunch turned out to be really a wonderful time together with Donna Fletcher. I thought it was a wonderful conversation. I re-listened to it before I put it on here. One, I was curious how the sound would work there at the Sunset Cafe restaurant in Manson, Washington. But it came out all right. And then uh, as I listened to it, it's like, yeah, that's the information I want to share. And... Uh, if you've listened all the way through it, uh, I, I guess, or even if you didn't, but I guess you did since you're here. Yeah, there's no encouragement for anybody to, to like make an investment in this, but if it does really do what uh, so many people are expecting it will do, it's like I wanted to make sure that everybody knew I did this. So uh, afterwards, if it really does go up, nobody comes back to me and says, why didn't you tell me? And to be honest, when I do tell people, most people, um, just, just not that interested in like thinking about this stuff, but I gotta say that some of my friends have been interested and some of them have gotten some and there was this little price spike in XRP a few weeks ago and it was kind of fun to, or a few days ago, and it was kind of fun to visit about that and share back and forth. Uh, but, uh, I really just wanted you to know so that you're aware that this is there because I would not have been aware unless Don had told me. Fletcher wouldn't have been aware unless Don had told him. So I thought I wanted to tell you for whatever it's worth, literally for whatever it's worth to you. All right, thanks so much for the chance to uh, be a part of Chicken Space with you this week. And I look forward to coming back next week uh, with another part of these notes for another planet. I guess one last note. Um, this was like a note about like, what might the future look like? instead of just recording uh, what my past has been like. And of course, if you think about it, everything about the way I take a take on the future is a function of how I've sort of seen the past, how I've experienced the past, and how that makes sense to me about life and the way I see what might be possible for a future. All right, that's enough. Gotta go uh, do last chores for the chickens, and then home to clean eggs, and then um, back for another day just like Groundhog Day, every 24 hours. All right, take care. Thanks again. Bye.